You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Everybody, this is uh, Jacob Daniel. This is the Daniel Three Podcast. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, feels like it's been a while since I talked to you guys. It's only been a week, but I'm still getting back into the podcasting routine after a couple months off. Um, so we'll do some housekeeping first to start. While maybe there's still some people who want to join and and talk live, um, just by myself tonight. So I don't have anybody to bounce anything off of, which. Um, I'll go. It'll be all right. It's gonna be a short episode, just twenty thirty minutes. Um, just want to start putting more content out there. Um, so yeah, housekeeping. Uh, the website is currently down. Just uh, had some hosting issues and um, doing some some edits. Taking taking, we went down, and I was like, well, if it's down, let's take advantage of it and you know make some changes and stuff. So it'll be back up soon. Um, but if you want to know the website, you know to to view it when it's back up and running it's daniel318.com um of course if you want to support the show um you know right you know t- times are tough and uh you know my time unfortunately is is limited um as a father uh, and a husband uh you know i got three kids fourth on the way due in may uh which we're excited about um and i had a, a job change recently so you know just just lots of changes you know god's been good um, but you know, I want to continue to do this show and I, I want to, you know, put good content out there. I don't want to just add to the, the, the noise that is the Liberty podcasting sphere. Um, I want to give good content to you guys. So, you know, if you're able to financially to support the show, even if it's just $5 a month, just frees me up to be able to, to focus on, on, on doing this and, uh, give me a little bit more flexibility to, to, you know, cause there's some financial upkeep to, you know, having a website and the equipment and the streaming and the, uh, uh, for the audio podcast to, to put that out there. So, uh, you know, if you guys can help me out, if you're able to greatly appreciate it, that is patreon.com slash biblical anarchy. Um, uh, I do have a show tomorrow night as well. Um, and I'm, terrible at remembering i'm always i always do this i'm like i have a show coming up and then i'm like yeah who is it with let me get my calendar up oh yeah tomorrow um we got popular liberty uh coming back to the show with uh the christ pilled libertarian so andrew and andrew good and evil andrew coming back on the show to continue our ongoing conversations about what christian love is so uh that's going to be a good conversation uh let's see um, and then on the 11th, I have, uh, 
um, the flyover libertarian and host of the uh, uh, anarchist Bible study uh, coming back on, uh, which is uh, at Iowa ANCAP uh, on Twitter. Uh, he's been on the show before, and so I'm excited to have him back on. And uh, the 14th, I have a roundtable with uh, James Gentleman and Jose Galison. And I think, uh, I, I think uh, David Brady, too. I, I don't know. There was someone else's idea to do this roundtable, and I'm just the host. So my details on this are murky. But there will be an episode on that day, and we'll talk about something to be determined. Um, and then uh, the 19th of April, uh, Tuesday at 8 o'clock, uh, Dave Smith's going to come on the show. And, um, you know, I'm going to have a conversation with Dave about uh, his experience going from somebody who was a bit more, I guess, agnostic or atheist leaning to, uh, you know, when, when he started his family and when, uh, you know, I guess when he, he went through his, his journey of everything and, and started to believe in, in God and believe in something, um, you know, that he didn't believe in for. And he's talked a little bit about it on his show before, uh, but I thought it would be really cool for us to have a conversation about that kind of stuff and, and how it pertain, pertains to what we do in the, the, the realm of libertarianism. So um, really looking forward to, to having Dave on the show. Definitely make sure you guys come and tune in for that. So in, now we're at the part of the show where I usually announce my guest and the guest is me. You guys just get, just get to hear me talk for another 15, 20 minutes. So um, let's see, uh, make sure there's some comments here. Um, oh, thanks, Cody. I, appreciate that um appreciate all you guys watching you know i mean uh, my wife can can vouch for this i would uh I'm, I'm clipping a little bit turn the volume down there i would talk to myself if nobody came here to listen but you know it's a lot more enjoyable when you guys come here and and uh you know even though you're in the comments i you know i feel like we're we're, we're having a conversation so i i appreciate you guys showing up so i don't just uh you know i'm not just talking to myself uh what up caleb Mr. Faith, Liberty, and Praxis, my my favorite uh, uh, libertine degenerate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my favorite Catholic libertarian. Um, well, actually, uh, I call I call all my Catholic libertarians my favorite Catholic libertarian. So you guys can do, figure out which one of you is actually the favorite. Um, ask him about his debates, Ace. Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about here, Caleb. So you might want to elaborate on that. So anyway, so I I've had something that you know I wouldn't say it's been stewing on my mind lately. It's actually been stewing on my mind for a long time, but I'm especially aggravated about it lately. And so, um, you know, now that I've you know now that I've wasted 11 minutes talking about nothing and having my intro playing, I'll get into what I want to talk about tonight. Uh, dishonest evangelism. So what do I mean by that? Well, what, you know, what is evangelism? You know, and I don't even know what the textbook definition is. I'm just going to, you know, say what, what I view, um, evangel. Oh, ask him about, uh, Caleb. I didn't even, I, I know they did, but I did not read all of that because I've been trying to, to, to not get too involved in Twitter controversies and debates lately. Um, so I don't know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, I, I find I'm probably in the middle of uh, Caleb and um, not Caleb of, of Andrew and Ace on that. Um, yes, Joel Joelstein should come to mind. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, evangelism. You know, it, it's that's the the Great Commission, right? Go up to Jesus said that you know up until now you've you have uh, you've only you know been fishers of the sea, but you know I will teach you to be fishers of men. And we're we're to go out there and to to spread the gospel and to spread the good news. I mean, that that's that's what Christianity is all about, right? Um, and, and there's often corollaries uh, from that to kind of like what people do in the liberty movement. You know, I mean, and and even some of the people who might like the, uh, there's some libertarians, you know, who say, well, I'm not here to evangelize people and and wake people up. It's like okay, but like if you're doing like some of those people, it's like the, uh, they say that. But the truth is, like anybody who says who has an opinion about something, who creates content, who do does some form of activism, to some extent, you are trying to evangelize. Maybe you're 
trying to evangelize a very small niche market of people or something. But but the truth is, it's still a form of evangelism. But in the liberty movement, you know, there's often this talk about waking people up, giving people the red pill, uh, trying to, um, you know, enlighten people as to, you know, the truth about what's going on, because uh, the, the government, mainstream media, and and uh, the corporations and the universities, you know, they've been they've been working together to weave and orchestrate this this lie and revisionist history and revisionist you know current events, um, you know, to us really. I mean, going back however far you want to you, you want to go, and so you know we want to we want to wake people up to the truth to reality and uh, you know evangelism. I think at the end of the day, what it's fundamentally is about trying to wake people up to the truth, whether that's the Christian truth, whether that's the truth about the state or the truth about the importance of property rights and individualism, you know, you're trying to, to, to wake people up to truth. And there are definitely different avenues to take there. And so I'm not going to sit here and try to say, my way is the only way. You know what I mean? Everyone, everyone has their own, you know, niche market. You know, this this podcast here, I try to target, you know, Christians, you know, fellow conservatives, um, and and also, you know, speak to people who are just maybe generally interested in, in liberty. But you know, there's people who are in my target audience and then people that that I know that I am not maybe well equipped to reach or that I don't spend as much time trying to reach. And, and you know, I also know that uh, putting out podcasts, people who are on YouTube or who are looking for podcasts and stuff to listen to, those are my target audience. I'm not writing a book, so people who are mostly into reading, you know, at least right now, because I'm I'm not writing, I'm not reaching that audience as much. So, you know, and although I have, you know, my foot in the door as far as politics go, um, you know, I'm I'm not out there running a campaign. And I'm not out there um, getting in front of the voters all that much, at least not right now. So this podcast is is not, you know, aimed in that realm. So there's definitely this is not me trying to criticism where people evangelize or even like the the medium over which people try try to evangelize. Um, my main critique here is, is more how they do it, and I, I guess. We'll start with uh, with Christianity because it, it's really easy to point this out. There's a, there's a major phenomenon that's been going on. I don't I don't think it's really that new. It just but I think it's ramped up really uh, in the West over you know probably the the last few decades. And there, there's a lot of churches out there that have really they they've forgotten what 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 the Bible says because the Bible says what to be in the world, but not of it. And unfortunately, there are too many churches that that seem to, in their efforts to evangelize, they they start to try to mimic the world. And, and to me, I, I guess where I'm coming from when I say dishonest evangelism, what do I mean there? What I mean is that people who are trying to, quote unquote, lead people to the truth, like I, I kind of defined evangelism as waking people up to the truth, but instead of just but what they're the way they're going about it is is dishonest. Like they're not trying to lead people to the truth by like um, persuasion or by just you know like making good arguments. But rather they're either trying to water down the truth by like watering down our messages, watering down our worship songs and praise songs, um, watering down what the Bible says. Uh, cutting out parts of the Bible because they make us uncomfortable, etc. Or uh, what they do is they try to mask everything they're doing with a lot of show and a lot of theater. So you know, think about your big mega churches and you know the the worship um, team filled with, I mean, you know, like a, a couple dozen people and a giant choir and all these different instruments. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, we, you know, lights, fog machines, it's a, it's a freaking rock concert. And no, no, don't get me wrong. I'm all for a good, you know, rock concert as somebody who, you know, I've, I've been to creation a couple of times and uh, a somewhat lesser known 
Christian music festival called Cornerstone. Don't know if it still goes on, but it was going on when I was uh, a kid. Like I'm all about going to, you know, a, a music festival or a concert, but you know, there's a time and place for, for a, a music concert or, or a, you know, a, a theater or show or something that's, that's primarily uh, done for, for entertainment and entertainment can have Christian values in, in, imbued in it. So that's not even bad, but that's not what church is for. Like, like worship and the sermon and the preaching of the word in church should not be done in a way that distracts or diminishes from the truth that God has for us. And so there's something dishonest about churches and pastors and, 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 and Christians out there who, when they're trying to evangelize, they're not sticking firm in what the Bible says, and they're not sticking firm in uh, trying to present the, the good news in, in a way that is unblemished or unaltered. And it's, instead, it's like they're trying to make it more palatable. And again, I'm, this might even be coming from a place that I can sympathize with, but you know, it's a it's a very it's a very fine line between you know trying to meet people where they're at and then diminishing your message and not giving an honest rep- representation of what the truth is. Um, and so, and I think a lot of Christians will will kind of know what I'm talking about, and um, and, and I think we've all seen it, and I think m- most of us who are really serious about our faith. And who 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 do uh, you know? Who take our personal walk with Christ seriously? We we are very turned off by that style of churching. And, and but for those of us who are Christians and who are libertarians, then um, you, you probably can predict where I'm going next, which is that there's a lot of this that going on in the liberty movement, and specifically, it's been going on for for years, if not you know decades in the Libertarian Party. And I know, I know uh, at least a quarter to a half of my audience just cringed because I said Libertarian Party. Um, you know, there's, there's booing in the comments <laughs> that it's going to ensue. Um, and actually, before I get into that, let me read some of your guys' comments. Um, see, church is for community. The community comes together under the church. So when the community is the same or worse, but the church is bigger, it's safe to assume the truth is not found there. Yeah, that's true. You know, growth for growth's sake is a big problem. And, you know, I guess the way I kind of put this is like a lot of churches, the way they engage, it's like they're trying to trick people into coming to church, right? Like trying to trick them into becoming Christians. It's like, and, and the way this evangelism works is instead of presenting the truth, and then answering objections to the truth in a way that like an apologist would do. What these people do is they they hear the objections and then they try to put some kind of spin or complete editing out of the problematic passages that are, you know, contributing to the person's objections to make the people the person feel like they don't have to it's like here put it this way. When you come to Christ when you are getting presented with the truth, the push should come on you from God's word and from those who are preaching it for something in you to change and for you to submit to what the truth is. It should not be where we are bending the truth or watering it down so that it conforms to what our sensitivities are. And this is exactly what a lot of libertarians have done. And and so I, I, as much as I get irritated when this goes on in the church, I'm equally irritated when this is going on in the movement. And it's especially been bad within the Libertarian Party, although I can criticize other you know, facets of the movement for, for, for that kind of catering and, and borderline dishonesty as well. Uh, this would come like, you know, if somebody is a Republican, let's say, and um, you know, they're, they're really, um, trying to think of a Republican, uh, you know, issue, or I, I guess it's like they're, it, this is a bit of a controversial, controversial issue, I guess, but it's the only one that really like comes to to mind. <laughs> um, you know, let's say they're, they're really concerned about immigration 
Now, I think there are many different nuanced views within libertarianism on the topic of immigration, but I think we can all kind of agree that um, there there are varying degrees of like a minarchist or a complete anarchist conception of what libertarian policies for immigration should be. But 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 no one who calls themselves a libertarian would 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 advocate for like completely closed borders enforced at the point of a gun or like you know lining the border with landmines or auto turrets or or something like that um you know um in the same way that we might be able to make you know pay some kind of lip service or 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 even agree with some theory of just war and this is kind of like what I talked about in my last episode when I had a uh, uh Caleb and Caleb on <laughs> Uh, you know, there can be theoretically a a model by which there is uh, justifiable warfare, defensive warfare, but in reality, no war really meets that um, meets that measure. But in the same way that we can conceptualize a uh, a legitimate self defense against foreign invasion, we can. Um, we, we, you know, we can theorize even those of us who are anarchists, um, you know, a, a more legitimate, you know, kind of minarchist border position, but we would never advocate for like a full, full blown authoritarian response to that. Um, you know, or on the left, let's say there's people on the left who, you know, their big thing is that, you know, they think that the rich just need to pay, pay their fair share. And then, it, you know, if instead if instead of explaining why uh, taxation is theft and explaining how this is destructive to the economy, you know, I, I I try to you know, oh, you know, it's you know, you could be a libertarian and think that you should advocate for taxation and stuff, and you know, it's fine, you know, like like you know, so so on those kind of things, I think most libertarians would agree. Oh, well, you shouldn't you shouldn't overly cater to to to, to one side or the other. But there are a lot of libertarians who, you know, maybe more more or less sound on economic issues. But where the catering comes in, where the dishonesty comes in, or the 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 the, the, the trying to to warp libertarianism to be something it's not comes in, is where they're trying to appeal to people on one side of the culture or the other. Um, so on the right, this would come to um, you know, trying to make libertarianism uh something where it it has something to say on um you know like their their freedom to to not follow a particular religion or their freedom to to engage in certain relationships or um if they prefer a more cosmopolitan sort of uh lifestyle versus a more you know suburban or rural one. Um, and then on the left, you know, it's, you know, the, the opposite, it's catering to the people who, uh, you know, have all the opposite, <laughs> um, preferences where they, 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 uh, uh, they want the cosmopolitan living and they want, you know, abolition of, of, of gender roles and they want complete sexual autonomy, uh, and they want, um, you know, all these different things to be normalized in, in society. So, and and this is something that that is hard, right? I mean, we all we all come to the table with our our preferences. Like we can't, like thin libertarianism is is almost uh, impossible in practice because it's like it's very hard for us to separate our our biases and our preferences um, when we when we engage in in society when we engage with with other people. But I, I think the problem is if I'm going to take the Christian anarchist perspective on this, which I think is consistent with the libertarian position on this, government, whether that government is minarchist or whether that government is polycentric uh, market anarchism, the, the government is going to be inherently uh, – you know, I guess so. To put it one way, the right wingers are going to view the government as secular, right? The, the religious conservatives and stuff, um, people who are, you know, and, and those are my folk. Um, they're going to view it as more 
secular. And the people on the left are going to view it and think that it's, I don't know, not progressive enough or something. Um, or that it's, too, you know, they're all, they're all going to, you know, perhaps people w- would critique that government as being too thin, but really the, the government has to be thin because whether it's minarchist or anarchist, if you don't want to have, uh, if you want to actually have limited governance, um, that, that government has to be unbiased, Right. Um, I mean, if we have a government that's that's biased towards uh, Christians, well, then all the people that are not Christian um, are not going to be able to live in that society. Now, on one hand, I guess they can spread out and go and live in other societies. This might not be a bad thing if we live in a truly anarchist, polycentric legal society where you can have true freedom of association, people go into their own communities and stuff, but they can still have free trade and and free association. And so, you know, all that works out. But we don't live in that right now. And so the problem is when you're trying to think about, okay, well, this is what the ideal, you know, future could look like, and you conflate it with what we have right now. Well, the issue is what we have right now is, you know, we're all living under this same system. And if if you can't advocate for as thin a libertarianism as possible, and if instead you're you're bringing all your cultural baggage to bear on libertarianism, and you're doing so, a lot of people do so because they're trying to appeal to people from 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 their side, right? But th- there's a problem. You're either going to bring people to your side, and they're going to think well, this is, you know, this isn't, you're being dishonest. This is BS. You told me that, that my values are, are, are part of this philosophy, but they really aren't, you know, or you're going to be trying to change libertarianism into something that it's not. Um, and then we have the culture war, but we have it within the movement. So, and, and I find that to be problematic. It's, and it's not because, I mean, listen, as a Christian, I, I certainly have my cultural biases and preferences, right? I believe that it is better for children to be raised by a father and a mother, okay? I don't believe in the abolition of gender. I don't. I believe that men and women are different fundamentally, spiritually, physically. And although I have great compassion for somebody who suffers from, you know, gender dysphoria, um, somebody who chooses, you know, who, who struggles with that and, and maybe would, as an adult, choose to transition their secondary sexual characteristics to, to, to you know, sort of alleviate that. Like, I, I can have great compassion for that, but, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I, I have a, a, a conflict with that in the way that, I, you know, that I think that that the God and I think the Bible preaches us to live, I think is in conflict with somebody who, who chooses that lifestyle in the same way that I, I view, I view it as in conflict with somebody who would choose to be in a committed homosexual relationship. Um, You know, I I think, uh, you know, to to pick other issues, you know, I obviously, um, you know, I, I think that sex outside of marriage just entirely is, is sinful and and a bad idea. But we have to be able to recognize the consequences of using civil governance to legislate those issues. And the problems are that one, to me, this is always going to lead to some kind of cultural blowback. You know, as long as the government that we have is one of a forced association, meaning that people cannot opt out, then what's going to happen is people are going to fight over that power because they don't want it wielded against them. So until we get to the point where opting out is is actually possible, where true decentralized, uh, you know, the term would be like a more panarchist society is possible, um, you know, we have to be very careful about what we use our governing structures to do. 
and secondly, you know, we need to keep things separate. You know, Christianity is Christianity. Social progressivism is social progressivism, and libertarianism is libertarianism. My podcast is to, you know, explore and, and talk about the compatibility of Christianity and libertarianism and, and, and specifically, Christ, you know, the Bible and, and, you know, anarchist philosophy. But those are still two different things. And if, if, I, if I try to conflate the two and make them the same, I'm doing a disservice to both. The, the Bible is primarily about our relationship with God and how the good news of Jesus and what he did on the cross. And libertarian anarchist theory is about the, the nature of the state and, and rights, specifically property rights. Those things are compatible, but but um, they're compatible in a sense that they can work hand in hand. Not that um, not that they are the same. So I, I guess what I'm going to try to wrap it up to try to try to put a bow on all this. You know, my concern is that if we aren't telling people the truth, we're doing them a disservice. If we're telling people that they can't be for limited government, that they can't be for uh, property rights unless they are a Christian or unless they are 100% on board with these lists of social issues. And, and that kind of goes to both sides, right? It's like uh, my fellow Christians will be like, you have to believe what we believe. And the social progressives say, you have to believe what we believe. And I'm just like, but that, I'm sorry. To me, that's a distraction. Um, you know, this is something that, you know, people know I'm a, an active member of, of the, the Mises caucus. And, and this is something that I think that they fundamentally get right because they, they have a plank. Um, I believe it is plank six entitled lifestyle choices. And it's like basically summed up in my own words. It's we don't care one bit what you do so long as it doesn't violate anyone else's rights. You can have any lifestyle you want. That doesn't mean that we're always going to agree with people's lifestyle choices, but Jesus modeled a way that we can combat the culture without the state, and to me, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, you know, I think I'm going to focus a bit on Christians here because I think, you know, the, the, the those who are on the left who are trying to you know, they've done this in the Libertarian Party for a long time. They've tried to conflate libertarianism with this leftist social agenda. And of course, I fundamentally reject that. Like, you don't need to be, uh, you know, you, you can be for that stuff if you want, but you can be totally against that stuff. And both people can can both want limited governance so long as they choose to not push their social preferences on others. And to me, that's just basic self-defense and logic. It's like, if I don't want... If, you know, if I don't, if I, it's preferable to live in a society where people do not force their social views on each other. Therefore, it logically follows that we should not try to push our social views on other people, at least not with the state. You know, there is a mechanism, though, in the Bible where God tells us to try to push our views out and into the world. But it's not the state, it's the church. The church is the mechanism for being light and salt in the world. The church is what you do to go out there and to what you've done to the least of these you've done to me. The church is the mechanism by which we are supposed to be, you know, fulfilling that original promise that God gave Abraham to be a blessing to the nations. And and there we have to do it by speaking the truth. And the, and you know, it, this is one of those things where Christianity and libertarianism are compatible because they both have this same principle, which is that the way you evangelize is both not by tricking people into thinking that they don't have to change anything about them and that, you know, if they just reframe all their current beliefs, they can adopt this title. You know what I mean? That's not what it's about. But equally, it's also not about forcing it on people. 
the truth is the way you bring people to Christ and the way that you educate people on the nature of the state and why limited government is important are very similar. You just tell the truth. <laughs> it's not that complicated. And people, you know, if you've ever been in sales and been in business, people can tell when you're bullshitting them. And people would rather deal with someone who's being honest rather than someone who's trying to to, to trick them into something that at the end of the day, they're not really going to want because that, they're not going to stick around. That's that's the seed that's planted in the, the shallow soil that doesn't take root. And this this message, I mean, it goes to everyone. It goes to the left, you know, and I've I've criticized the left libertarians for for years about this. But but I have to push back against my Christian brothers and sisters too, because we can't make the same mistake. Because if we do, we're we're gonna follow in the same footsteps of them. And and that that is, you know, that is a legacy of failure. And it's not the legacy that Jesus left us. The legacy that Jesus left us is that he was rejected as Messiah because he rejected the use of political power in the pursuit of his gains. It's because he reject is because the old Testament is a narrative about how, you know, listen, as long as we live in this world, it's not going to be perfect. Okay. <laughs> That's just a given. And in the book of judges, there was no King and, and it was not perfect. But it's not like adding uh, the succession of kings to the equation in Old Testament Israel suddenly transformed Israel into a much better society. If anything, I think it made it worse because even more so people gave into idolatry. Even more so people would reject God. Even more so there was violence and destruction. And this is what God warned in for in First Samuel eight. He said. You know, if you ask for this king, that he will, you know, basically take half of your stuff and it'll be his. And he will take your children and they will serve in his palace and they will and they and they will, uh, you know, serve in his fields and they will serve on the front lines of his wars and you will be his slaves. So listen, freedom is hard. But uh, statism and, and, and being enslaved to a king, that's harder, and it's much worse. And to me, this is the entirety of the Old Testament. And, you know, Christians, you know, my, 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 my fellow Christians, my fellow Christian brothers and sisters, and, and some of you who have fallen into this, this, this post-paleo-libertarian trap, I'm, I'm just calling it like it is, and I'm, listen, I hope you can tell I'm speaking from love and good faith and not... I'm not trying to, to to be hateful or judge or judgmental or or bitter. I'm just trying to, you know, from from my point of view, offer an you know a hand to say, listen, come back to the truth, come back to what the Bible says, come back to what Jesus modeled for us. The 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 use of the state, you know, leads nowhere because we cannot serve two masters, and if we're not fully committed. To Christ and serving Him, and we're trying to serve Christ while also serve the creation of some kingdom of man. Then, then our then our loyalties are divided, and that is a dangerous place to be. And and believe me, I've I've received criticism for my involvement in the Mises Caucus and the Libertarian Party because, like, well, isn't that engagement in politics? And it, it's in one hand, yes, it it obviously is engagement in politics, but. Everything I do there, I do not to build the kingdom of man, but to destroy it, to to at the very least weaken it and to discredit it. And to, you know, what are the people in the Mises Caucus doing? They're just going out there and telling the truth. They're, they're going out there and telling the truth about the genocide in Yemen. They're going out there and telling the truth about the COVID lockdowns. And they're going out there and they're telling the truth about... Uh, you know the the agenda that the mainstream media has in pushing you know all, all these different you know socially social progressive views and they're telling the truth about the destruction of our currency 
and telling the truth about why private property rights in Austrian economics matter. It's like, you know, that's all it is. And, you know, all they've done is tell the truth and they've out recruited and out organized the, the previous establishment of the LP and they're on the cusp of taking it over. And by the way, I might add what, you know, if that is successful, they're going to be making some changes to the LP platform. The LP will no longer be a party that uh, approves of abortion. The abortion plank will be removed. You know, that's a fundamental change. That's a, that's a big shift. And the, um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's one thing to engage in, in the different spheres we have in, in the pursuit of telling the truth and the pursuit of reaching people. But, but you have to be careful to not do so to the point where you're no longer concerned about God's kingdom. You're concerned about your kingdom or the kingdom of man. And, you know, I guess like what I'll close on here is that I, I think sometimes people have done this, this like going to the state to sort of fight their battles for them or to, or to, or to advocate for some kind of, state solution when it comes to the culture war because they're they're acting in like some kind of self-defense but you know and this is a hard message and listen i'm a i'm a father i'm a husband i don't want to put my family at risk but you know i you know i i i take i take this jesus stuff you know as it's called um, sometimes you know my, my atheist friends would be like, "Oh, you're into that Jesus stuff." But like, listen, uh, yeah, this Jesus stuff, I take it very seriously. And uh, you know, the apostles they took it seriously to the point of death. Now, I don't want to die if I don't have to, but I would rather die telling the truth than live in a lie. Nothing good can be born from lies. So, um, I'm gonna go. So rant done. I'm going to go through some of your comments now and then we'll uh we'll wrap up here. Let's see. Uh Cody said, uh so people have been trying to make libertarianism more palatable to Republicans for popularity's sake, abandoning libertarian principles in the process. I am 100% with you. Yeah, and to me but it goes on both sides, right? I mean, the, the the LP, I think, before like people like the Mises Caucus showed up, you know, and I guess in the past they might have been going after Republicans, but really since I have been paying attention to it, um, really since like the uh, like 2013, 2014 and on, it's been mostly trying to appeal to the left, um, and, and you know, just no, make make keep libertarianism as libertarianism, you know, that that that, that that's my belief and. You know, we're not Republicans who smoke weed and we're not Democrats who like guns. We're libertarians. If you're not if you're not libertarian, then just own it. You're not a libertarian. You know what I mean? You can be a liberty minded Republican or a liberty minded Democrat. But but libertarianism is a is a is a beautiful philosophy um put forth by by some brilliant people and it should not be obfuscated to be something it isn't in the same way that if people try to LARP as Christians and pervert the truth, I will call that out as well. Uh, Charles Stewart. Hey, great subject matter. I'm glad to catch your show. Uh, Charles, I think I think you and I met on Clubhouse. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, uh, that's where I, th I think I saw your name before. Uh, yes, <laughs> First Samuel 8. You know, it's, it's not a Christian liberty podcast if you don't bring up uh, First Samuel 8. But I mean, it's such an important passage. Uh, it, 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 like you said, it, it, it's, it's a big one. Uh, let's see here. Charles Stewart it is very difficult to decipher godly libertarian principles of righteous government unless some biblical statements are considered. Uh, oh, I, I missed your first comment. There are mixed messages in the Bible concerning kings. The Bible has errors in it. All right. Well. You and I will have to talk sometime. Um, uh, you know, you haven't been on Clubhouse. Um, you, somebody on Clubhouse has a familiar name, similar name to you that you, you do, where I'm just, I'm bad with names, so I apologize. 
Um, but but I would push back against uh, what you're saying. I view the the Bible as the inerrant Word of God. I uh, I think that you know now the baby in the bathwater here is we can track you know by looking at older manuscripts to newer ones and looking at different translations and you know we can find translations that have been more or less you know or 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 better or worse in keeping to the original language um and translating from older languages to modern ones is a, is a difficult thing uh so uh to me there's nothing in the bible that is you know that that self contradicts itself or that is an error but but certainly our um but but certainly our interpretations and our translations can be an error so but but I don't think that that the Bible has has anything wrong in it. Um, I can't tell if this person is being a troll or being serious. Like say, I worship Moloch. Stop being a Satanist. Well, um, I would argue that those who serve the state are the uh, those who worship Moloch and the Satanists. So. Uh, let's see. Wild man hiker. Christian Libertarian Institute made a good point the other day. Libertarianism is a framework for governance. It is not a complete belief system. People try to make it one. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um. Now, I believe again, there's compatible. You know, and I'm sure the Christian Libertarian Institute. Um. And I've I've been on their their show actually. If you guys haven't seen that before. Um, I'll have to plug that in the comments. Big fan of of the work they do over there. Doug Stewart, uh, Norman, Carrie Baldwin, uh, a lot of a lot of great work that they've done over at the Libertarian Christian Institute, including this book, which I highly recommend, Faith Seeking Freedom. I'm gonna give them a give them a, a free plug there. Um, which has it's it's a great short little read uh, if you want to give it to your fellow Christians. Um, uh, to talk about, you know, the Christian libertarian view on different things. Um, so uh, the, uh, but yeah, you know, libertarianism is a, is a framework for governance and, you know, the Bible is, uh, you know, that which points us to God, but, but I believe that they're compatible and I know they would agree with that. And I think that, um, I think that liberta- the libertarian view on governance is, um, is a is the most biblically consistent view on governance, I guess is the way I would put it. Um, oh yeah, and uh, sometime later this month, I'm going to be on uh, uh, the uh, Hapa Hour uh, sometime after Easter. So yeah, we'll definitely promote that when that comes on. Uh, you are <laughs> you are a Satanist again. Um, well, um, I don't know. Stop! Stop making uh, unfounded assertions. I guess. I mean, I don't know. You know, going to someone's show and just just uh, shouting at them is. Uh, I, I would say that you know, unless it's someone is, you're either a immature troll or um, you just don't really have anything uh, of value to say. I guess. Um, let's see. Liberation theology needs to be grafted. Uh, you see, that that sounds like a one of those leftist uh, talking points. I don't know what 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 liberation. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about that. You know, um, so you'd have to get into specifics about what you what you mean by that. But by by liberation theology, that sounds like you know some of the left libertarians share a lot of talking points about like uh, you know liberation this liberation that, and it's it's often conflating different social issues into the mix that, again, I, I just fundamentally uh, reject. So, but I don't know, maybe I'm misinterpreting what you're saying there. Um, Feel free to elaborate in the comments, although I'm going to be wrapping up here soon because I was only going to go for 30 minutes and uh, we're already at 52. (laughs) I am not short-winded. My wife can vouch for me on that. See, I miss anyone's comment. Does not appear so. Um, so yeah. Um, I guess wrapping, closing up thoughts here. Um, I hope my point was concise. I don't. I didn't go into this with any kind of script. 
and it was really just spur of the moment, but these are the things that have been on my heart lately and uh, just wanted to put it out there. Um, yeah, I think if you're going to follow after Christ, you know, follow in his, in his footsteps. And, you know, Jesus did not weaponize the state against his enemies. Uh, if anything, he, he did the opposite. He let his enemies weaponize the state against him, um, all for the, for, for a greater good and greater purpose. And, um, and, and libertarians, you know, keep libertarianism as libertarianism. It's a thin philosophy, uh, that speaks to the nature of, of government and how it should be necessarily limited and, and we should keep it that way. Um, and I don't know, I think that, I think that sounds fundamentally simple and, you know, sometimes the truth is very fundamentally simple. So, um, all right, well, thanks everybody for tuning in and, and watching was great going back and forth with uh with all of you and uh again i appreciate all you all your support and uh uh you guys watching watching the stuff i put out there and interacting with it um it, it's edifying and um i hope it helps to continue the conversation on these important subjects in in in, in good and meaningful ways uh charles i see your comment and i will read it and uh um you know, think upon that. So, um, thank you again. And, uh, everyone until next time, don't fear the fire. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.